Hello, and welcome back to Dense Macabre. The podcast where I am the dense and she is the macabre. In our last episode, we mentioned we were planning on covering My Heart is a Chainsaw. I keep wanting to say My Heart is a Lonely Chainsaw. (laughs) My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones uh, this week, but we have made the executive decision we are not going to be doing that this week because we're going to take a break from some of the heavy stuff. Um, We're going to be doing Goosebumps, uh, the series, the franchise, the whole nine yards, because that will soothe us a little <laughs> bit where we need a balm and goosebumps is the balm it is very balmy I, I will give that it's like a nice nostalgic balm um yeah it was it was just a little bit too heavy for us this week um especially coming right off of hill house and then hell house and then everything we've done so far since probably the first episode hasn't been very lighthearted and fun which we all know horror can be so so we're today we're going to talk about the lighthearted and fun so I guess never fear, or, or really all, always fear, um, I suppose. We will be doing My Heart of the Chainsaw on a future episode, but we did just need a little bit of a brain break um, this week. It's the holidays. It's the holidays, and we're both, we, we were both overloaded with school and then work and then everything like that. So, um, yeah, so just please bear with us. It is coming, but um, just not this week. Gives you more time to read it. Yeah. Um, in honor of today's nostalgic episode, we are drinking a drink called the, well, we, we aren't. We will be drinking a drink <laughs> called the Monster Blood, which can easily be adapted into a mocktail or a virgin cocktail as well. If you're drinking with little ones or alcohol is not your cup of tea, then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um, so so head on over to our TikTok or Instagram to see how it's made and sip along as you listen. And as always, our socials are Dense Macabre Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and we can be reached by email at densemacabrepod at gmail.com. So please be sure to do the like, follow, subscribe, comment, all of those internet words. Send us an email. Listen to the podcast. Drink the drinks. Live your life good. Be kind to each other. Yeah, all of those things. <laughs> so let's get into it, folks. So clearly, since we do this in our free time, we obviously love horror. Just that's just. Are you looking for affirmation? Is that what that yeah. is? Okay. <laughs> yes, I also enjoy horror. Um, but but honestly, I wasn't as much of a Goosebumps kid. Um, I, I of course have read a couple of them and everything, but I was not. I'm not sure exactly how it happened or why it happened. I wasn't exactly allowed to get Goosebumps books, even like at the thrift store and stuff. Um, but for whatever reason, I was also allowed to watch Child's Play at five. So, <laughs> so I don't really know what... Your what mom didn't want you to have that amateur hour <laughs> shit. She was like, no, commit to it. Yeah, like, actually, that was my dad. But yeah, my mom, she had she had weird um, hang-ups about certain children's media. But for whatever reason, then my dad was allowed to just show me whatever. Like, it was, it, there was, there was no, like, I was watching Dexter with them as a child. Like, there was no, nothing in between. Um, so I, as much as I loved horror, that meant that I, like, kind of would search out like the scary books in a series or i would look for like the halloween edition books of a series yeah um so that was always what i would do bailey school kids i remember that one yeah yeah well since you were a horse girl do you remember the pony pals at all uh no i did it was with a vet there was one where it was like a veterinary hospital okay yeah i remember that one too i don't remember what it's called but yeah <laughs> there's a pony pals book that i specifically remember because i actually bought a copy of it at a book fair and i was very excited um, because it was about a haunted barn, and I was I was so oh. excited. Like like it had this horseshoe that would like flip upside down. And it was supposed to be a symbol oh, of like, no. like burn people. Like they would touch it and be like ah too hot. Um, but the, but it was horse's <laughs> eyes roll back in his head. He starts foaming at the mouth. But but that that was kind of the, the media that I consumed more than anything because I I had a very short period of um children's novels before jumping straight into like YA adult novels. Same thing with you. I I, I imagine you probably had a very short run. 
with. Oh my gosh, no. Really? I actually kind of skipped over YA. Really? I went okay. straight from, because uh, we were spoon-fed go- at our house, Goosebumps, mm-hmm. uh, Anna Worf's, um, the the Witch's Sister series, which if you haven't read, please treat yourself. It's Phyllis Reynolds Naylor. Um, you know, there, the, we and if it was, if, oh my gosh, if it was spooky, it was it was absolutely something that we would be uh, it granted permission eagerly to consume. My parents are big Halloween people. My parents met on Halloween. Like we're we're a Halloween. We're like if the Adams family passed for normal in like everyday life but then like my mom's my mom's house is full of halloween decorations uh 11 months out of the year and then for christmas it just goes like santa and then you go right back to to halloween so um there was no there were no hang-ups we didn't watch the movies this this bad the bad scary violent movies we were like a buffy the vampire slayer x-files like ease into it and then i did graduate almost immediately from from kids lit to to grown up lit, you know, I went from from goosebumps to To Kill a Mockingbird, um, with and then I think that I've I've gone back and enjoyed mm-hmm. YA as an adult, uh, yeah, because I can appreciate it now. That that's definitely been happening. I mean, um, yeah, that that was just like it's like a weird pipeline that I feel like Goosebumps created, even though like I wasn't allowed to buy like the big runs of books or like if I saw them at thrift stores or if they were at the book fairs and stuff, I um, I I just. And it wasn't even like, you're not allowed to do this. It would just be kind of like, a, really? That's that's what you're doing? Oh, like, my grandmother would very much be like, mm, I guess it's your garage sale money if we, like, you know, dropped 25 cents on a stack of Goosebumps books yeah. at a rubbish sale. But my mom was like, she's, she's reading. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do about it? She's reading a book. That's the main concern. It's usually that that, that would always usurp everything else. But so that for that reason, I just kind of stayed away from Goosebumps books. Um but I'm really excited that we're doing this episode because it just kind of opens the door for a lot of really fun nostalgic talks and um, and allowed me to revisit one of my favorite ones that I do remember reading as a kid. Um, so yeah. Is it why I'm afraid of bees? No, it sure isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid of bees. I didn't need that to be afraid of bees. I'm allergic, so like I didn't need it. The bees aren't even like the fearful part of that book, but whatever. The point is, <laughs> Goosebumps good, um, and we're 90s babies, so you've got that. Even if you didn't read or watch the Goosebumps series. I feel like you were Goosebumps adjacent enough in the 90s. Like, it was everywhere. It was inescapable. So, So the original series, the most uh, memorable, most beloved run of Goosebumps, uh, spanned 1992 to 1997, which was a sweet spot in American culture just in general. But um, it was also when R.L. Stein was kind of at his king of horror lit for kids' peak. Uh, More than 350 million copies were sold. And they were printed in 32 languages. Um, I don't think I could name 32 languages for you. I don't think I could either. Swahili. Hmm? I said Swahili. There's one. Good, <laughs> Good job. Oh. <laughs> English. That's two. two. Um, okay, great. This is now a language two. podcast. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. And so out of that original 62, which are, they're all fantastic. And especially like the cover art on them is amazing. And they're all <gasps> done by the same cover artist, which I should have written down his name. I cannot remember his name. The original ones. The new ones are yeah, they're hot all trash. Yeah. But, um, but the original ones are incredible and they're done by the same illustrator for all 62 books. Um, but after that, it actually sort of in the midway point between 92 and 97, there started to be a ton of spinoffs. There were a ton of spinoffs. It wasn't even after the original series was over that they started, which is kind of odd because usually it's after the original dies that the the spinoffs come out. It was so popular. It was so popular. He couldn't write fast enough to get books out to kids. Well, and then it started to dwindle a little bit in the middle. 
and so like they were giving them out with happy meals they were they were selling them like on tv like they were giving them out with kfc kids meals like they they were everywhere and kids were reading and kids were reading but like they, that's when it started to kind of dwindle a little bit was whenever they were just like throwing them at children at yeah. that point so then they started doing all kinds of spinoffs and one of them was like a almost like a short story anthology series like the yeah. three or four of those and then they had um this was this was my was the monster triple header or something yeah, like yeah. that yeah um and, and this was sort of my bread and butter were the uh, Choose Your Scare Choose, books, yes. which was a super novelty in the 90s. Like, and actually, we're, uh, we're, yeah. we're, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 96, you're 94. So, like, I don't really remember the 90s too super close. So, like, I'm more of a early 2000s memor- memory kid. Um, remember that I read uh, starting too early? Like, I, I was a reader really early on. And I also had an older brother who was a huge reader. And so you couldn't, like, even if I hadn't been reading, he'd have been reading them to me. So... Yeah. Like my, my my older brothers are significantly older than I am, they so are. I was spoon fed a lot of like '80s stuff. Ha ha. Um, that was my like, uncles. My uncles did that yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was spoon fed a lot of like '80s stuff and everything. But the um, but but those the the Choose Your Scare series was really where, one of my favorites, and it was it was a book where you could go through and like at the end of every couple pages there would be a choice where it's like if you want to turn back, go to page four. If you want to forge ahead, go to page sixty three, and it eventually ended up with like twenty something multiple like alternate endings to yeah. the series and it was so cool because you get one book from the library really you had 20 books i used to read them uh cover to cover because i'm a monster. a monster um and also they there was this was not obviously the only choose your own adventure they've been around a oh, while yeah. and so to introduce a horror uh, to, to raise the stakes yes. of the choose your own adventure uh batwing hall I think was the yes, like yeah. the one we mm-hmm. had at our house for a really long time. And then I was in high school. I started like finding them. They were more readily available at yard sales because people were kind of over the goosebumps thing. Um, and we had more of them in the house at that point. But Batwing Hall, we read a lot. <laughs> that one was a lot. And I remember there was another one. I can't remember the names of them. But was that- it the robot dog one? No, there was one more. It was like a ghosty one. Um, <laughs> it was a goosebumps book with a ghost in it. I don't know what it was called. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was fantastic. That that was so much fun. And now like they have. Um, and I'm sure they've been around for a long time. One of our favorite games at home it, are those games that look almost like um, they look like the old choose your own adventure books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's basically a card game where you you just kind of again choose your own adventure through the thing, and, and then have to choose your so. way through. It's it's like it's almost like D and D without having to know anything. It is. It's actually a it's very fantastic. good introductory <laughs> to kids for role playing. Yes. Um. Side note. Uh. But in terms of that kind of thing, uh, we had a uh, card game. Um, you ever play that game at camp where like you say a word and then the next person says a word and you have to build a story? Mm-hmm. Well, we had cards and then you would build a scary story. We were Goosebumps cool. branded. So it would be like the haunted mask and then, you know, was in the misty swamp and like you would have to build and it was a way to get kids um, thinking creatively and cooperating and telling stories and reading and writing and all of it. And it was really awesome. And I don't know, I don't know where we fucking got that. Um, that, that was one of the most awesome parts about what R.L. Stein did, um, because that was his intent. It was never his intent, because so many books, especially children's novels that way, are meant to have some kind of moral or visit lesson or it's a fable. His was just like, no, this is solely to get kids reading. This is it. Like, there are no there are no lessons. There are no... I mean, yes, of course, I'm sure that there. You, if you really dug deep enough, you can find, like, <laughs> The lesson do is that. trust your gut yeah. in most of them. But there's no specific... Um, you know, so inadvertently had the uh, roll doll moral of don't mm-hmm. trust the adults in your life, which was yeah, kind of like yeah. intentional. But it, it, you know, I'm glad he found his niche because if you ever try to read anything R.L. Stein has written for an adult, um, it don't. 
I, I'm uh, not, yeah, I, just, I tried. I'm not a fan. Uh, just terrible. Um, we love you, Mr. Stein. Stick to what you know. Well, he started with adult fiction. It's well, and he Before went. Goosebumps. He went back to it yeah. after. I think he published a new one, 2008 or 2009, okay. somewhere around there. And it was just. It was so bad. It was yeah, not good. Um, yeah, but it was. It really was like Goosebumps in the 90s was a real cultural phenomenon, um, and it, it really created like the children's novel to horror adult pipeline. Yeah, I. It did, so like, many people just yes. Yeah, like that's it, it. It made people consider the fact that they could be horror adults. Like, like you have Disney adults, you have like video game adults, you have horror adults, and this w- at some point in every horror adult's life is going to be goosebumps. Well, and I, I I'm going to harp back to our safe fear. You know, mm-hmm. it's a great introduction to kids. It's okay to be scared, and there's scary Absolutely. stuff in the world. But sometimes you get. Um, with R.L. Stein, most of the time you get to the end of a chapter and it's a cliffhanger and you start the next chapter and there was nothing to be afraid of in the first place, mm-hmm. right? And so the things in your life that are scary, not only can you overcome, but if you look at them more closely and you and you follow you know, a, a logical line of, of thinking, you're going to discover that there was nothing to be afraid of in the first place. But while you are scared, have some fun with it, um, which I think was really important to getting people into the horror genre. A lot of adults mm-hmm. I know who don't like horror are like, I don't like to be scared. It's like, well, because you've never been scared the proper way. Yeah. You've been afraid of real things. If you are afraid of fake things, there's joy in that. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like the why women are such true crime fans. Almost, even because, like... <laughs> Schadenfreude? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, but you know what I mean? Like, even well done true crime. Yeah. Um, it's, it's because you can grab a hold of that and know that, like, okay, this is the worst possible thing that could probably ever happen to me. So now I can at least explore that in a safe way. And, and I bought a machete. Yeah. <laughs> bought a machete. <laughs> bought a machete. At least you finally put the sock over the baseball bat. I'm really proud of you. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a Louisville slugger and a, bit and a machete, and I'm not afraid to use them. <laughs> Ladies and gents, if you ever have a, um, if, if you do, just just side note here, if it's totally unrelated to anything, is if you ever have a baseball bat that you plan to ever use for any kind of self-defense in your home, put a tube sock over it. Because if you do go to wail on somebody, they're going to try to grab it, and then they grab a sock, and then you can wail again. Practice, so just- safe, <laughs> practice safe baseball wielding. Um, Wrap it before you do yeah. it. <laughs> Goosebumps is a children's series by R.L. Stein. It was published between 1992 and 1997. And no matter where you went in the 90s and early 2000s, it was there. We had, in addition to the board, uh, the card game, we had the Horrorland board game. Um, we had, j- my brother had an alarm clock. And it was like Ooh. the scary Goosebumps hand. It was on TV. Um, and some of, like, I, I'm claustrophobic in a very serious way real pathological way and i do think it started with the the tv episode adaptation of haunted mask well and you know where the the inspiration for the haunted mask came from right no i have no idea rl stein couldn't get a fucking halloween mask off that is literally (laughs) my my worst nightmare is having to put on a latex mask i am gung-ho about halloween up and down all the way around (laughs) sorry it's I don't we're blame re- you. We're no. recording on a Saturday. I hate that phrasing. Um, but I, I, I can't. I simply have never put a Halloween mask on. And it is because you. of that episode. Yeah, that that's... I, I Honestly, I don't remember ever seeing it. I know I'm, I'm sure I've seen it at some point. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really something that they do a lot with these books is that there is always some kind of very real fear at the bottom of everything that's, that's realistic and allows you to kind of address that, again, in a safe manner, like... Um, the, the book that I chose for this week involves house fires and honestly, house fires are probably one of my number one 
hugest fears ever ever um fire is terrifying to me um yeah that, that's so there's just always something there at the bottom of it um except for maybe like night of the living dummy <laughs> no no i think it's the real fear of dummies i don't well, know oh, but it's again i think that you can always find a vein of what if i can't trust the grown-ups in my life What's to it? listen to me believe me and protect me which in the 90s and the stranger danger boom oh my God. and all of this other stuff was like i need these people because all you're getting fed at school is bad things are going to happen to you because of adults and so you need to go to an adult and tell them this is happening and they can fix it for you and in the goosebumps books no one ever believes a single kid except like the creepy old man who runs the bad shop the kids shouldn't have even gone into. Right, like there's there's such a um, I just remember that time and there were all all of the the assemblies that I had to sit through. Yeah. Um and and literally John Mulaney sums it up as best as anybody street ever possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goosebumps smarts. Goosebumps is all about street smarts. Like <laughs> it really is. Like there there are no unstreet smart kids at all like across the board. Um, yeah, so it's, it's fantastic. What's the Simpsons line? You walk back into that school, look them in the eye and say, don't eat me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they ate Uter. Yes, yes. <laughs> that one in the, um, the Nightmare on Elm Street were mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, Willie. yeah, totally everyone. They already knew. They knew it was coming. Like Marge is like, mm, he did promise to kill you all in your sleep. We were just kind of hoping it wouldn't happen. <laughs> um, and it's like, that sort of idea was very prevalent in the 90s mm-hmm. was that children were in danger at all times for maybe the first and not literally for the first time in history but the culturally we were acknowledging children were in real danger for right. pretty much the first time in history starting in the late 80s and uh that was something that was really drilled into us as kids not so much as it is now there's a different kind of danger that kids are, are force-fed all yeah. of the time now which didn't really come about until maybe our like middle school years like like Late 90s, early 2000s, it was, you're going to get snatched off the playground. Oh, yeah, you will be stolen, and your mommy and daddy will never see you again. And then, and naturally, we grew up and were in in school during that entire time, and then by the time it got around to 2008, 2009, 2010, it was, no, you're going to get shot. By another student, so be careful. Yes. because don't we, be mean to anybody, even though that's We won't bonked. stop anyone from bullying you, but right. just be aware that when you do bully somebody, they will shoot and kill you, um, yep. and it will be your fault. And, and whenever Which is they such do, a bad <laughs> message. And, and whenever you decide to, or whenever you, whenever somebody starts to shoot at you, you then have to pick up a heavy science microphone, right, microphone. A science microscope. microphone. Yeah, a science <laughs> microphone. A science microscope <laughs> and throw it at them because that'll do the most damage. You throw things. That's what we were taught. We were like weaponized in school against I was, shooters. You're actually young enough, uh, younger enough than me that we did not have the, I think it's called Annie training. Oh, um, yeah, Alice. It's Alice. Alice training, whatever it is. We yeah. didn't have that. We had to sit under your desk and wait for the bomb to drop. I, I had We had that, too, but I didn't have Alice training until actually we did Alice training in my sorority in college. Um, and it was actually really funny because the deputy who taught Alice training was um, – she was, she was fantastic. We all loved her very much because she was very realistic about everything. She wasn't, this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you do. She's like, no, my kid lives two blocks from the elementary school. They had a lockdown one day, so she ran home. And somebody tried, right, as a kid who also grew up a block away from their elementary school, like, fuck, yeah, that's what I would have done, too. Yeah. Um, and she's like, the school called me upset and mad because she left during a lockdown drill. It wasn't a real lockdown, but it was a lockdown drill. And the, the deputy was like, no, I want her to do that. Why she would I want her to be? She left the scene of the crime. Like, right. good for her. Why would I want her to be a sitting duck? Whereas and two years previously, we had an active shooter situation where no one was ever arrested, but we had an active threat. And they rounded us all up and put us on the fucking football field. 
oh yeah, sort of you know, a Open literally barrel with, of fish with with six hundred children just on the field because the buildings weren't safe. Well, that's the difference. Like, I don't know if you were handed this book um, when you were in your your teenage years, but you know, the difference between goosebumps and this idea that you have agency um, and you can overcome the bad things in your life, even if for whatever reason the adults aren't taking care of you and they aren't listening to you. By the time I was in the eighth grade, we were handed a book called "Give a Boy a Gun." Yeah. Um, and it was basically like you have no agency and bad things will happen to you and sorry, um, which is not uh, it doesn't it not only does it strip the safe fear, but it doesn't help kids grow. I think the way the Goosebumps kids did. Yeah. Like um, it, it, it gives no sense of independence. I mean, it is basically the, the sequel to If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. Um, <laughs> if you give a boy a gun, then an entire generation of kids will grow up traumatized from a trauma they haven't experienced. Right. Well, I mean, we were even at a, we were at a conference, and oh my gosh, yeah, it the, <laughs> the opener from our from our fearless <clears throat> leader was um, I'm afraid and you're afraid and I'm sorry. There's nothing anyone can do about it. And you and I were sitting there like, am I afraid? Should I be afraid? Like, what are we afraid of? Because I didn't come in here fearful, but now no. I'm wondering. Yeah, so that, that that's just such a, a a huge point too, is because it just they they do inspire independence because none of the problems are ever solved by adults in, no. in the Goosebumps books, which which is so important because it it does just instill a sense of independence. Well, that's the, the Witch's Sister series that I was talking about earlier, um, and you know anything by Betty Wren Wright. If you're more into ghost stories, there's a lot of kids horror out there. Mm-hmm. There really um, is. And all of it is, yeah, you're going to have to stand up and do it yourself. Um, and it trains a generation of final girls, really, if you think about it, of, you know, these these things are coming for you. There are things that go bump in the night, and that's a reality of the world. They're not literally ghosts and goblins in the real world, but there are mm-hmm. bad things that are going to happen to you, and you can and will overcome it is an important message. I don't know the last time I picked up, a, like, a new kid's book. I don't know if that's still something that's being given to kids but i know that like my later children's years already it was kind of falling by the wayside yeah there wasn't um it it, it definitely had transitioned to a lot more fluffy um and even like other things like the boxcar children like even even like the older children's novel series used to go hard oh my Um, gosh yeah (laughs) like nancy drew used to like fight felons yeah, she as like died. as like a child <laughs> in like the forties, um, and the boxcar kids. Yeah, don't even get me started on the fucking boxcar kids. Like, you have no family now. <laughs> yeah, like like that shit used to go hard, and it just I don't think it does as much anymore. I mean, I know that there's a resurgence of people trying to, especially like picture books, not as much like the chapter books in like the middle middle range between picture books and YA. Um, but I know with picture books, people are really trying to make things more realistic for kids and kind of pop that bubble that had been accumulating over the last 10 years. Because I think that really, because that landscape was changing it for kids, was you're in danger, but you can handle it, turned into you're in danger, no one can stop it. And now, so the only thing they could do really in response was create this nice little safety bubble. Yeah, it was, a, it was an escape without... Um giving kids a toolkit to yes. understand the world around them. And I think we're finally getting back around to the toolkit era, thankfully. We um, are. Well, especially with like a lot of the picture books coming out. It's like, I don't really have any desire to have children. But if I do end up with kids, they're going to have the most banging library they could possibly ever imagine. Um, because they're just incredible. Like, I've almost bought a couple of children's picture books for myself just to have on my shelf and support authors who are doing amazing do it, things. Do it. Because uh, honestly, I also am unlikely to have children in the future. 
Um, but I, I mean, I still buy picture books. And I, I, if I'm at a yard sale and I see a kid's book from my childhood that I like, um, you know, I grab it. And I, these are a dozen years old now, but like things like the Benedict Society mm-hmm. and the Penderwicks were still, there was a driving force kind of pushing back against the wave of my little pony everything is good and perfect and wonderful and you can you know if your mommy and daddy are screaming at each other in the living room and having a divorce you don't have to contend with that you can go into your room and read this book where everything is fine and there's no conflict well that doesn't actually help a kid maybe we need Mm -hmm. to address the the bigger issue there um this has turned into not a goosebumps right now it's it's, it's what we were planning on it being i mean it's there's there there are over, um, actually over 230 Goosebumps books, so there's no way we would have been able to really cover that, but we're covering a lot of the landscape that Goosebumps helped shape. Yeah, it, it, I think it really, you can tell who was Goosebumps kid, mm-hmm. um, and who was a, what was it, Animal Sanctuary? What was the stupid, or like, um, uh, H2O, who was an H2O oh, kid, you know? <laughs> so, so, so I was, um, sort of adjacent, um. And a little bit later than Goosebumps, I was a Magic Treehouse kid. Oh, yeah. Which was also, like, you have agency and you can fix problems that adults are making. Literally, yeah. That's um, because every single one of them, it's definitely more like, like, in the vein that, like, Jurassic Park is a horror novel. People don't agree with that, but it absolutely is if you've read it. Oh, yeah. There is real scenes of terror and it's meant to inspire fear. Um, Fear that's usually not heated, but fear nonetheless. Yeah. Magic Treehouse was definitely, I could even say that some of them would fall under that umbrella of action-adventure horror. Um, because they're fucking terrifying. Like, honestly, I Jack remember Jack is never not afraid. Never not afraid, and Annie is just like, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Can we not? <laughs> and, 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 you know what? I am 28 years old. I probably have not read a Magic Treehouse book since I was seven or eight. So let's say it's been two decades since I read a Magic Treehouse book. The scene where Jack is like, no, it's not right, Mr. Shakespeare, that women can't be on the stage has stuck with me for 20 years. Yes. Like that has carried through in my day-to-day life of like, okay, you can stand up and say something mm-hmm. when something is wrong. He knew that he wasn't going to win that fight, obviously, but he loves Annie. That's his sister and people are stupid and he yes. can't not say something about it. Yes. Th- those were, those were one of my favorite book series. Um, I read most, if not all of them. Um, and I remember, I still remember because I did a book report that I actually had to read over the announcements one time in the third grade. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know if anybody knows me out there. Um, I'm not a good reader out loud. Like, I, I have to give all of any quote reading goes to Victoria because I can't do it. Hey. Um, I'm not a real fluent reader. Um, and I remember having to read a book report that I wrote on tonight on, on the Titanic. And because I was a Titanic kid, that was my thing. You, you that was the other kid. 90s thing. was like, <laughs> do you like the Goosebumps or do you like Kate Winslet? <laughs> no, not even that. No, it was. They, I think they came out before the movie did. Um, that's probably true. Yeah. But no, the, the tragedy. You were you were a Salem kid and I was a Titanic kid. Uh, I was a Salem kid and I was a Holocaust kid. Oh, yeah, I was kind of too, yeah. Which I think they do kind of go hand in hand with the level of why is my seven-year-old addicted to this media? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, pat, pat, you'll be fine, kid. It's fine. You're learning things. Um, yeah, so, so on today's episode, we discuss pre-screening materials to give your children... <laughs> Uh, my mom knew what she was handing me. She was just, uh, she wanted us to learn. And if that's what we wanted to learn about, like my mom and dad never put up barriers to learning. If we wanted to know something, um, short of like 
things that were really beyond our maturity level, which I guess arguably the Holocaust <laughs> should have been. But like, I think it was more like, hey, this is why we don't mistreat people. And this is a really yeah. great way to learn this lesson versus, you know, here's your erotica. Like, I was not permitted to read that sort of thing because right. that's not regardless of your stance on the matter, it's not appropriate to give to a kid. It's, it's, not. it's, it's not necessary. But something like the Holocaust can be used to teach life lessons, um, yeah. which it was used in our house to teach, like, hey, um, we don't mess with people just because they're different than us. Uh, right. and, and Salem Witch Trials was the same thing, and Titanic was kind of, you know, to an extent, as an Irish family, Titanic would have been the same thing because <laughs> we were the ballast. We went down first. <laughs> I don't get on boats. I know what happens to Irish people on boats. Okay, so like we said before, this is our lighthearted episode. Um, we're <laughs> <laughs> it's so light and easy. Easy like Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're bringing it back, though. Um, bring it back to Goosebumps. To, back to Goosebumps, because something that I miss, and I think that they should bring back for adults, is a book fair. Um, it's called Barnes & Noble. No, it's not. That's not the same. <laughs> you want you want our boss to just like bring the Scholastic mm-hmm. Book Fair into I the office? I want cardboard bookshelves full of books that I can't afford. My understanding is they still do those. What I miss is the Scholastic Book catalogs. Do book orders? Yeah, which I, I, we didn't really do because, um, you know, there were books in the house and other places, but I liked thumbing through them. One of my favorite things, I remember I was in the fifth grade and we had book orders and everything. And my, um, my, my fifth grade teacher, Ms. Stevenson, you're wonderful. I still love you very much. You really did a lot for my reading level. Um, she let me and one of my friends put together the book orders, like the actual little catalogs, because I don't know if you know this, but they come in like a book that's about six inches. Yeah, thick, they have to be. And you have to like pull them out and like go two pages each side, pull it yeah. out, go two pages each side, pull it out. And I just remember spending an entire recess period doing that for fun because that meant I got to look at the book orders before anybody else. Uh, you could win uh, Scholastic Book Fair, like, coupons. Fair. No, like, you could you could win, like, money to spend at the Scholastic Book Fair for, for, like for achievements um, at my elementary and, and middle schools. And uh, that was how I got to go to book fairs was, like, by being – the best at everything all of the time because at that age I still wanted to be and was um that fell by the wayside by high school but uh that sort of drive to be like "Mm, because I read the best I get to walk in here and buy whatever I want (laughs) um for five dollars which in 2002 you know bought a couple of goosebumps or bought you know whatever so It, it definitely did I was always more of a um because we did always have books at home, so I never actually bought books at Book Fair because I they were very expensive, like the ones that we didn't already have at home. Or I luckily lived right down the street from our library, so I spent a lot of time at our library. Gotta have the library. Um, never checked books out because I'm horrible at returning books. Support um, your public library. Never return your books and pay the fines. Well, well no, my, my public library was wonderful um, because I never really needed to borrow books because I was just there a lot because it was right up the street from my house. So... If my mom had to work after I got off out of school, and it was also right up the hill from my elementary school, like it was all kind of in a nice little line, so I was able to literally we had a covered walkway going from the elementary school to our library because that was our school's library, um, was our public library, so it was incredible, um, because that's where when we had like our library period, like you had lunch and re- uh, music and stuff like that, we actually had a library period where we got the library, and I remember going up there after school and instead of like going to after school care or going home by myself. Um, I would go up and sit, and I remember sitting always between the same two shelves of books on the floor, and our librarians actually got me a mat, because <laughs> I would always be sitting reading on the, on the, in between the shelves, like always, I have my back up to one shelf, and my feet out in front of me, and I'd always be sitting there, until I was probably like 10 or 12. Um, 
So I never really got books at book fair. I always would go get like the erasers and the highlighters and shit. And ah, you were one of those kids. I was one of those kids. Yeah. I usually got a bookmark at some point, even I though I have bookmarks. never used a bookmark. No, it's always post-its because post-its oh. stick. Or anything else that's nearby. Or I fold the corner. No. <laughs> you know what my mother does? And I love you, mommy, but I have to call you out for this because you are probably the kindest and most tender person that I know. And you also adore books. And so I don't understand why I'm you do this. I have to ask you to not say what you're going to say. She fucking bends soft covers around backwards. Uh, which shatters the spines of books. It absolutely obliterates them. So you will see this wonderful, kindly woman uh, just murdering. She can't do it with hardcovers. They don't physically do that. She has to just cope. <laughs> but she does bend pages in hardcovers. But she bends soft covers around on themselves like they're magazines, which they are not. They are living, breathing things that do not deserve to have their spines crunched like that. <laughs> Or she leaves them face down. You ever seen somebody do that where they open a book and then they leave it face down on their page? Because that's also evil. I don't do it for long periods of time. But like if I get up and go get a drink or like go to the bathroom or something, I'll leave it on the couch like that for How five hard minutes. is it to remember a page number? So hard. Do you know me? That's okay. You know what? <laughs> Sorry, that was ableist. <laughs> so fucking hard. I'm a goldfish, dude. I, I don't know. I worked in a library uh, for one summer in high school. Shout out to the Oak Park Public Library for that opportunity because that was a sweet gig. Um... And so I, I've got this, like, I've got this mentality about books. Like, don't throw or drop or stick. I mean, I'm, I'm hard on paperbacks, but come on. Oh, yeah. No, like, I think the only book I've ever actually, like, thrown aside from, like, tossing it onto the couch or, like, tossing it onto the table or something was I did throw. Um, I was a Twilight kid. So I did throw New Moon at one point, like, across my room and then never finished it. And it just kind of died there you, on the floor. You should never have gotten as far as New Moon. <laughs> You're already in too deep if you got as far I, I as skipped New it Moon. and then moved on. Is that a horror book? Do we have to talk about no, Twilight at some point? No, it's not horror. Love that for us. It's yeah, no, it's 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 Mormon Gerard Way fan fiction. We're not covering Twilight. Oh, by the way, zip us an email at densemacabpod at gmail if you want my um 100 top fantasy books list. This is a plug for I'm also a fantasy reader. Um, it's the 100 most influential books in the fantasy genre. A okay, well that's <laughs> side note aside, um, self plug. Yeah. But, but just talking about the Goosebumps series this morning, it's just kind of been really great to kind of rehash a lot of really wonderful childhood memories and then some not so wonderful ones, but still, <laughs> um, but, but really still just, it's nostalgic and it's fun. And anytime I think about that, I think about the time period and I think about all of those things and it's just, it makes me happy. Um, was so it I'm, the last time you were really happy inside? I was never really happy inside. Oh, I see. <laughs> I was I was born unhappy. Like came out of the room when I, I gave my mom a long disapproving look, uh-huh. and I started writing Twilight fan fiction. <laughs> I mean, that was twelve years later. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> started that shit way too early. <laughs> oh no. Um, oh, I'm so ashamed of you. But yeah, so so we we actually picked a couple of our personal favorites to read. Um, this week for for the episode and and, and kind of hash them out and talk about them. Um, so what was yours? What'd you pick? My, I, I can't pick just one because I'm a greedy That's guts. Cool. Um, and my top three are probably uh, Haunted Mask. Okay. I absolutely adored um, One Day at Horrorland because, mm. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, and then it came from beneath the sink, stuck with me. And I don't really know why that one was the one that's like lodged in my cranium eternally, but it, it really did. Um, I mean, they're all good. I could probably rattle off all 230 titles if you gave me long enough, but uh, we're not doing that. Today. No. What about you? Um, so I actually reread it last night and I brought it with me. Was the one that I remember most from my childhood, which was the Ghost Next Door, um, and it was 
uh, terrifying. Oh uh, yeah, they're they're actually they're tense. You get tense. Well, not even that, but like this is like if it like the novel it had a baby with the sixth sense and it decided to be a children's book. Yeah, and it was only forty pages long. <laughs> Well, no, it's it's about 120, which is about the, the going yeah. rate. Um, but it's about this this little girl. She's on her summer break, and she sees this kid next door. But like she don't, she doesn't, she never noticed them moving in. She never noticed the house is always dark. She knocked on the door. The mom doesn't react. Like all these things. So her conclusion is the kid's a ghost. The, this new friend this she is made. a fair conclusion in the 90s. Yeah, um, is, is that this kid's a ghost. And this girl, she's pretty idyllic life. And again, sort of like all of Goosebumps books where there's just sort of a middle-class kid with parents who are just a little bit absent, not outright horrible, but just a little bit absent, not really paying too much attention to them. Um, and, and she's, I'm sure, a latchkey kid because she just ran amok all summer by herself. Well, it was the 90s. You yeah. could still do it. It just your parents were afraid while you did it. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's her conclusion is that this kid is a ghost. Well, as she kind of goes through this this town and like said the adults are all terrible um there's this one really mean old postmaster guy that like that it's, it's a whole thing and the the postmaster ends up hurting one of the kids and anyway so she follows the kids and she doesn't realize until after everything has happened that she's the ghost <gasps> oh no and, and her and her whole family and it, it sounds that way but like honestly I can see why it's a kid's book because I, I understand the difference between like, but they could do you, you could write a, an adult horror novel about this because yeah. basically her and her little brothers, she has twin little brothers, her and her little brothers had a campfire out back and told ghost stories one night and then they didn't put the fire out right. It burned the whole fucking house down with all five of them in it, which is that I feel like that's extra heavy. Well, you've hit upon, Pumps. you've hit upon R.L. Stein's real, um, wheelhouse which is it is a hundred pages of cliffhangers that don't result in anything and then at the very end there's a twist and if you ever read i don't know how much of his young adult stuff you've read because that was the young adult stuff i read so like haunting hour and like midnight hour there are some really frightening like pumpkin head is a really mm -hmm. frightening short story because he ups the stakes a little bit more than he does with the elementary schoolers but even in the goosebumps books there is always like one moment of very real bad things are happening. Like in The Haunted Mask, she yeah. can't get the mask off. She's going to be evil forever. I'm actually been dead the whole book. Doesn't surprise me from R.L. Stein no. because that's kind of how he rolls. It, it doesn't even... The I've been dead the whole time doesn't even surprise me that much. Like, that. that's fine. Like, I can deal with that. But, but girl, you killed your whole family. Yeah, she sure and did. Yourself. Uh, there was a... I'm Not Martin is uh, mm -hmm. one of the short stories where the kid's in the hospital because he's going to have like his fucking uh, tonsils out or something. And the, the his roommate in the hospital is a kid named Martin who's going to have his leg amputated. And Martin gets up in the middle of the night because they look alike enough alike to fool people and swaps their charts. And the book ends with the kid being wheeled off to the OR screaming, I'm not Martin. And they're going to amputate his leg. And they don't believe him because Martin's been telling them the whole time oh that he's God. not Martin. It's like a whole thing. I was so... It took a long time for me to, like, read again after reading that one. It just, you know, and, and he does that. Uh, like I said, Haunted Mask is the reason I'm claustrophobic, because the idea yeah. of getting stuck in that mask and never being able to get it off again, I couldn't handle it. Well, well I'm never um, having a bonfire at the back of my house anymore. You can't. Well, I mean, when, where, where I go with houses, we can. Yeah. That's true. Like, my, my family's homes. Like, no I more fire, apartment, obviously. No more I fire for B. No more fire, because, I've, like I said, I, I am already pretty 
squeamish about fire like i watch my dryer like a hawk because of dryer fires and again i live in an apartment building too so like i'm constantly just wondering oh like, yeah oh did somebody burn our building down today? Yeah, who <laughs> fell asleep with a cigarette in their mouth right <laughs> right um <laughs> so that's just kind of a, a low-lying fear at all times in the back of my head so so the ghost next door sort of brought it right back up um but aside from the ghost next door i really love say cheese and die and say cheese and die too those are um, good those are those are fantastic those are the ones i one of the ones that i know i actually owned as a kid because the cover art was like burned into my brain with like them at a barbecue like the skeleton oh, yeah. Yeah, the skeletons, and it's just like a Polaroid photo. Yeah. Um, no, that's good stuff. And then what was the one where they're in the Tower of London and they get transported oh, back the, in time? The, the Tower, um, Terror Tower? Terror Tower or One Night in Terror, Terror Tower. One Night in Terror Tower, yeah. Um, and then there's the episodes that stick with you because they got adapted into the TV show. And yeah. those want like Werewolf of Fever Swamp. The book is really good. The television episode is as good as any other children's horror movie. Like, you know, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark came out recently. I thought it was a really, really good movie. It's a good way to get kids into jump scares and scary movies and stuff. Werewolf of Fear Swamp is at least as good as Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. That's good. Um, yeah, because like, I feel like introducing your kids to horror in a safe way is, is really important because we talk about it constantly, but I was, at, I was at Disney World a couple months ago, and my mom and I were in line for Dinosaur. Like, like the, the ride phase. I can't ride that one. It's too scary. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, you and the five-year-old in line behind me, apparently, too. Um, <laughs> it's a scary ride. So, so I was standing in front of this family, and I had a Haunted Mansion backpack on because it's my favorite. And I had this kid, like, run up and, like, smack my backpack because apparently the Haunted Mansion is also his favorite. And he got really excited because he saw Leota on my backpack and was, like, pointing at it and showing <laughs> his mom. And his mom gently grabs his hand. And he's like, honey, you can't touch strangers. <laughs> like, I can do what I want. She, he's like, you can point. You can't touch strangers. Don't do that. Um, and then, so then they spent, like, the next five minutes in line identifying characters from the Haunted Mansion on my backpack. Aww. Which was, it was super, super sweet and very cute. And they were super nice people. We talked to them a few minutes. But then after we turned back around again, the kid was talking to the parents about how afraid he was to get on the ride. And this man deserves a fucking award because I listened to this dad explain to his son the concept of safe fear. And he's like, you're allowed to be scared, but you also have to remember that nothing bad is going to happen to you and that's okay. Like, you, it, it's fun to be scared. When we come off the ride, we can talk about it and see the stuff that scared you while the entire time you know that mom and dad are here. It's a ride. It's safe. Nothing's going to hurt you on this ride. Um, but But you're allowed to be scared in a fun way. And this is a fun scary. This isn't a danger scary. And it was probably the best, like, father-son moment I've seen in a very long time. Like, I was... Well, B is tearing up. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we were at Disney World. And, like, there are so many parents that are like, oh, my God, we're in the happiest place on Earth. Be happy. Stop crying. Like, they're, that's yeah. how parents are with their kids at Disney. Um, I may or may not have been like that with my mother, who's in her 60s. <laughs> Mom, come on. We're going to miss stuff. You get, 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 get going. Um... But, but it was it was wonderful, and I, I really think that's such an important introduction to have with your kids. Um, yeah. Well, and the, something to the do together. The earlier that you give them that, the earlier they're going to learn how to control their own emotions, yes. to understand their own emotions, and how to express those emotions to you. Because it doesn't have to be a temper tantrum or a meltdown if you give them the ability to say, I'm afraid of this thing that we're doing, and it's not a shameful thing right. for me to be afraid of it, and I need you to help me get through the fear because it's not one that I can handle on my own. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that, that it's, it's so important. <laughs> Psych actually, degree! <laughs> well, well, I mean, my, my brother did that for me. Like, my, my oldest brother, Aaron, he, he really... He, even though my dad showed me child's play at way too young of an age, um, I've always, I've always been a Halloween kid. I've always, I've always really loved the, the scary episodes of kids shows. Like those were always what I go for. Um, 
my brother really held my hand and got me into that. Like, even though he did sit outside my door after making me watch Pet Cemetery one night, also again way too young, um, and and then scratched at my door doing the Rachel thing and like literally outside <laughs> of my door. <laughs> my my dad, uh, my dad can do really astonishing special effects makeup, which is actually how he met my mom, and he did really astonishingly good zombie makeup on my older brother one year when my older brother was in early high school. I was in early middle school. Before the rest of us were up, he was getting him ready to go to, to school for the day. And I mean, like, like really good. Like, professional-grade yeah. zombie makeup. And then he sent that motherfucker into my bedroom to wake me up. <laughs> I lost so much trust. I lost so much love. I can't take it. I have never recovered. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> that was maybe the first of my real teen, like teen girl moments with my dad where I was like no you're an asshole I don't like you anymore I'm never gonna talk to you again and you're a meanie pants basically and like don't get me started on you older brother <laughs> like all of you were in on this all of you are against me I'm gonna make the next seven years of your life hell was kind of <laughs> boiled I mean, down they, 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 they pulled the plug on it they, they, they did it he, um, yeah they brought it on themselves they so. did because like I remember my, like I said my brother really showed me a lot of movies that again I probably was a little bit too young to watch but it's some of my most cherished childhood memories for sure um, because I remember the night after he showed me the original Evil Dead, once again, way too young. <laughs> Is there a good age for that? No, there really isn't. <laughs> um, but I do remember then I'm like, I, I tried to go to bed. I slept right down the hall from him. I'm like, and he, he's 15 years older than I am. So he's like in his mid-20s at this point. And I stick my head in his room. I'm like, hey, hey, can can I can I sleep on your floor? <laughs> so so for the next like week, I slept on his floor in a sleeping bag. <laughs> I slept with a cricket bat. In my bed with the lights on and a flashlight in case the lights went off after I saw Halloween for the first time for like a week. I was just like, I was sure because I was a babysitter and that was who Michael Myers wanted to kill was babysitters. Um, That's good stuff. My my roommate, my best friend in the whole world uh, was not a Goosebumps kid. She was definitely an H2O kid and was actually not a horror movie adult until Mm -hmm. like late college when... I really started getting into it and uh, Conjuring to me is the most frightening movie I've ever seen Um, I don't know how to explain it I love it It, It, oh it's it's so good I I, I will watch it over and over again but it terrifies me and uh, I was like hey I'm gonna show you the scariest movie I've ever seen like gear up and she was like I'm not afraid of this like whatever and she's watching it and she's completely impassive I'm like hiding under the blanket I've seen it before and I'm like twitching and rolling around like this is so scary and she's like Whatever, we got to the end of it. She's like, that was just not that scary. Like, I don't know what's wrong with you. You're a nerd. And then in the middle of the night, she got up uh, to use the bathroom and get some water or whatever. And there was a sock laying in the hallway. <laughs> there might have been a hat. There was like a small article of clothing. Not even one of our cats. And uh, it scared her so badly, she had to come wake me up. So there is. Yeah, there's this sort of gung-ho attitude that you get when you ingest mm-hmm. this media regularly enough that can absolutely be undone. Um in the least expected moments and ways. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely can be, but also like, and again, because you, you, you've been doing it for a long time, you, you recognize the fact that this is irrational and I'm going to bed now, even though I might like wake up a few times in the middle of the night for whatever reason or think that, Oh shit, there's something in the corner over there. Like I'm a big person who wakes up um, and I'm still dreaming. For <laughs> I like how your voice broke there. <laughs> the emotion. <laughs> 
is overwhelming. So, so I do tend to wake up and then see things that aren't there because shadows. Um, and my husband is also somebody who loves to sleep with like some kind of light, like just because if he gets up in the middle of the night or one of the cats wakes him up, he doesn't trip over anything. Um, or and, and lights just don't bother him when we go to sleep, but they bother me because they cast shadows. Um, because there was one night I remember we had like at our old house we had these glow in the dark stars that stuck on top of the the roof or on the roof the ceiling, and um, I woke up and I saw one, and I'm like, ah shit, yep, those are spiders. Oh, um, the worst! <laughs> like those are spiders. Yep, that that makes complete and perfect sense. Them are spiders, and then like I'm dreaming that one is like crawling down the wall. Like I'm looking like this, like watching it crawl down the wall, and I'm 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 still asleep. And one's coming from my husband's head. So I reach out and I backhand the shit out of the wall. Scares the hell out of him. (laughs) (laughs) And I wake up as soon as my knuckles hit the wall. (laughs) I don't know how to explain what I just did to you. Just go back to sleep. Well, no, no. Because apparently, I remember this very vaguely. But he remembers it very clearly. Because obviously I just scared the hell out of him. um, Is that he, I, I apparently just like looked at him and was like, got it. And rolled over when I sleep. That's brilliant. <laughs> my my mom, who raised three horror junkies, uh, is evil and would put um, <laughs> my adult brother would come uh, and spend the night, you know, like in the basement or whatever uh, around Halloween time. She would put up this scarecrow in the corner because um, it was a Halloween decoration. It was like a scary scarecrow too. It wasn't like a ooh like farmer scarecrow. It had like horrifying. it had like a hood and like a skull face and stuff. And he would get up in the middle of the night and he would put it down so it wasn't looking at him while he slept. And she would put this fucking thing back up. She was like, "No, it's up. It's looking at you. This is what it's gotta be. It's gonna watch <laughs> you sleep, and you can do nothing about it." I um, love that. And I think that that explains a lot about who we are as people. Uh, I can see it. This, this constant turmoil. <laughs> Yes, and then and then you just have to pass it along to the next. Uh, yeah, it's, person. it like, is exactly that. Yeah, I'm, I do it to my roommate. Uh, not maybe so overtly because mm-hmm. I need her to continue paying her half of the rent. But <laughs> um, you know, every once in a while you just gotta push him in the deep end, and yeah, go- goosebumps uh, pushes you in the deep end. But you got floaties on, you know. Exactly, that's exactly um, what it so is. So that you can learn to swim still. But you know, there's there's that idea that you might not make it out of the pool there might be a shark or something in there a weird mirror to an alternate dimension like it could be zone um also that 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 was what um just sort of changing gears a little bit i guess um that was one of the things that arlstein really wanted to do was sort of create a twilight zone for kids it is it's oh yes very much so and especially when he when he got past goosebumps and started writing like midnight hour and Mm -hmm. and um haunting hour and, and it's really interesting because i know i already talked about it earlier with um with with the book that i was i read with the ghost next door um it, it also is sort of interesting because he took a lot from um, a lot of information or inspiration from easy comics with like Tales from the Crypt yes. um, and where he took it and created Goosebumps. He went in the opposite direction of like Stephen King and George Romero doing Creepshow. Yeah. Um, so like I, I just I love because you can still see the same elements in both of them. Slappy is just the Crypt Keeper, but a dummy. Exactly. And he's also from Pinocchio. Like he was, um, that's where Arlstein got the inspiration was from Pinocchio. Yeah. Which I didn't know until doing a little bit of research. Uh, Slappy, who was, for some reason, just kind of became the unofficial face of Goosebumps. He did because. Almost right away. There there actually was a, um, a skeleton that was the face of Goosebumps. Yeah, he he would laugh. He had the Crypt Keeper laugh. Yeah, that Scholastic created to be sort of a, like, unified mascot. That they could sell with like Happy Meals toys, um, and just advertise like do do commercials and stuff. I can't remember what they called him, 
but they had it, it was basically just like a it was basically slappy but a skeleton almost but, and but then, then night slappy. of the living dummy came out the tv episode and suddenly people a had this fear of ventriloquist ven of dummies Ooh, there's an alarm out there inside <laughs> i can't pronounce ventriloquist and they're sending the police um th- these dummies that hadn't existed before there might have been some haunted doll fear although not really I mean, annabelle existed the raggedy and doll but whatever point is slappy came on the scene and suddenly everyone was like slappy 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 that's our dude which is when the movies then came out my understanding is that he's the main bad guy i haven't seen them actually so the movies didn't come out for much later no but i mean when they did come around like slappy was the promotional material yeah so we're gonna kind of move off into the adaptation portion of the episode um so so with as far as adaptations go they're really like the main adaptations that there were were the tv show Back in the 90s. So from 1995 to 1998, um, there was a TV show or a series that ran on Fox and it was syndicated after a while. And so it, there were reruns and everything. Um, but it actually aired in over 100 countries, which That's was incredible, which is incredible. It, it, it's insane. Um, but so that was that was kind of like a little small run of um, TV episodes based on the books. Um, but then later on. In the late 90s, Tim Burton actually pitched a couple of scripts to producers. He had done a terrible job. He would have done a terrible job, and he was shot down, which I am incredibly thankful for, um, because he's, I think I talked about this last week, he's kind of high on my shit list, so. um, (laughs) I take it you haven't watched Wednesday yet? (laughs) I haven't watched Wednesday yet, and I'm not going to. Good choice. Frankly, um, I understand the aesthetic is great and everything, and the music, it's It's not even, though. But I don't. I, I'm not into it, and I feel like Jenna Ortega was really taken advantage of on set because she was forced to work like ridiculous hours as a teenager with COVID. It, it's a whole mess, and I feel for her. Um, Tim, I'm glad to that the it, Tim Burton hate hour. I fucking hate <laughs> Tim Burton. Um, I'm really glad that it's doing as well as it is for her sake. However, Netflix series are trash. Like as far as the the treatment of of staff, and also the production value well, like, and yeah. the <laughs> script and the directing and the. Yeah. everything like Jenna Ortega I love you however you were treated badly um and I'm glad you're doing successfully but um so he was shot down Tim Burton was shot down a couple of times because they just couldn't work out a script that everybody liked and that got scrapped pretty much immediately um so the only Goosebumps movies that have come out that are actual like based on not like the Witching Hour movies or anything like that um or the Midnight Hour um those are kind of an offshoot they're based like on them and everything but yeah. they're not like Goosebumps um was the 2015 movie with Jack Black. And I love Jack Black. Just yeah, across the board. I, I developed a crush on him when I saw School of Rock for the first time in Tenacious D when I was really young. And that, that was has... definitely not supposed to be the takeaway from that movie, just so I, you I know. know. I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> However, that has never dissipated. And I, I, I still love him. He's one of my favorite actors to this day. Um, but he did a wonderful job because he, he actually played R.L. Stein in the movies. Yeah, I watched like the first 50 minutes of the first one and like it, it I, I watched the first one i have not seen the second one yet i need to watch the second one it wasn't as well received as the first one but i actually watched the first one in theaters um the first one was fantastic it was basically the goosebumps version of scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed with uh matthew lillard yeah okay yeah so so kind of frame it that way where basically rl signs a writer and something happens to slappy the dummy and Slappy brings all of the monsters to life out of the books, including, unfortunately, his daughter who had passed away and was a ghost. I'm not sure. I think my problem and the reason I'm not able to get into it isn't even Jack Black. Like, regardless of what travesty they did with House and the Clock and Its Walls, which is also one of my favorite horror books from when I was a kid. John Belair's. Again, if you're looking for kids' horror to start your little ones on, start with John Belair's. 
Um, it's it's the meta aspect of the movie okay. that has always been off. Like the the main character being R.L. Stein has been off putting to me since I first saw the trailer. Um, and I'm sure I owe it a watch. Um, you do. I just I couldn't get past the first 15 minutes back when I tried to watch it. So. I'll see, get, you know, a little bit little settled in with a couple of monster bloods and see where it takes me. <laughs> I, I, it is meta. It's very meta. It comments on itself 24-7. However, again, we've talked about it before, though. That's where I kind of branch off from you with, with yeah. taste in movies where I as long as it's not. As long as it's not cheesy in a bad way, meta, I love it. If it's cheesy in a bad way, meta, I can't deal. Like that's... I myself cannot be self-aware. I do not need my media to be self-aware. Well, no, no, I can't be self-aware, so I need my media to be ah. self-aware. So I know any kind of self-awareness at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I really enjoyed it. It was it's it's actually it's even kind of bittersweet. Like it kind of covers all the bases because again, R.L. Stein's daughter in the movie. I, I have no idea if this is true or not. Like in his real life, since it's based on him, um, but his daughter had passed away, and and Slappy brought back everything what a horrifying concept thank you jack black movie <laughs> i trusted you to not be patch adams yeah, right um but no so it's 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 really kind of bittersweet because again he gets this extra time with his daughter however in order to get rid of all of the monsters she also has to go too so <gasps> so that's that that's it, it's a heartbreaker but that's, again that's, that's horrible <laughs> it's kind of a heartbreaker but it's also true to the Goosebumps form. Like That's if true. There, yeah. If there wasn't a gut punch, it wouldn't be Goosebumps. That's true. It, it just wouldn't be. Um, so yeah, that's that's that. Um, as far as the movies go, there's only real two real movies, um, and I haven't seen the second one yet. But I, I did um, something about gummy bears is all I know from the the marketing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Um, yeah, just but you you do need to watch it. I think it's on Netflix. Watch it. Ugh, fine. Um, just just give it a watch. You don't have to. It's it's not like a great piece of film history by I've, any means, I've seen both nut job movies so you're gonna be fine <laughs> <laughs> which is basically just a knockoff of over the hedge so you're gonna be fine yeah but i didn't like over the hedge i like nut job because there's a lot of gungam style in it anyways the video games existed yes do exist yes i have the mobile game there's a mobile app uh and i also have the switch kind of choose your own adventure escape room style cool. but my understanding is there may have been more than that oh my god yeah there were um in in actually again in in the late 90s which is really whenever goosebumps was at its highest stride possible like they're they're cashing in a lot more recently on nostalgia factor because now that all of us are you know reaching the age of 30 and beyond we've got kids who are of reading age for we the have most kids part of reading age we all but we also really just want to um put our heads back in the sand the way it was whenever we were kids <laughs> thanks um, covid <laughs> which is like a giant reset button it honestly it's been fantastic because i am now um completely different than i was three years ago so thanks covid but That's really also not just like growing up though. i'm also growing up but um but no in, in the late 90s there was actually a series of pc games um, ah, see, we did not have the PC. See, so. see, they had like Horrorland. Like that was one of, or One Night in Horrorland um, was actually one of the games. They had a couple of other ones, um, but I'm amazed that you haven't seen it, or not even seen it, but that you did, weren't aware of them because you know who voices a lot of the characters. I do because you put it in my outline. Yes. However, um, did you know that before this? No. So because I didn't know they existed, much less. That, okay. Yes. That he um, was so, in them. so they're fantastic. Um, so they actually had Isabella Rossellini and Jeff Goldblum doing a lot of the voice, voice that acting. That is crazy. It's it's amazing. That is crazy to me. Yes. Um, because then also on top of that, Isabella Rossellini has one of possibly the most beautiful speaking voices I've ever heard. I could listen to her read the dictionary. <laughs> um, she's And I, I actually I saw her once do the, um, the nativity story in person. And it was... What a strange experience that must have been for you. <laughs> no, I, I love her. Like... Uh, 
It, but so here's the thing is you also haven't seen um, Death Becomes Her. No, I've Which not. is a travesty. Um, that Those are your assignments before we speak again. Um, I have to do some work. I know um, you do. But I, like- I owe a certain person that you know <laughs> like a couple more hours of my time. That's fair. However, again, Death Becomes Her, though, it's like it's, it's one of the, the main things I know Isabella Rossellini from. Um, again, she's just incredible. So, like, whenever I saw that she was doing, and again, we were at fucking Disney for some reason on a Christmas day, which never happens ever because we're, we're not Disney people, but like, I think. But all just, of your stories today have been about I Disney don't know World. Why. Um, but it was several, several years ago. My mom and I were at Epcot, and they always do like the festival of the holidays and whatever. And they do, like, they bring in different celebrities to do the Nativity story. And. Isabella Rossellini was the one doing it that night. No one knew who she was, and I was so offended on her behalf. Um, I bet they don't do the Nativity Story at Disney World anymore. They sure do. Yeah, this was not that long ago. Like this was man. This that was, feels like that would be a hard sell. Well, these they do days. all the countries. Ah, okay. They do all the countries, but then they do the main Nativity Story on. I don't even know if it's on Christmas Day or like the week leading up to Christmas or what. Um, but out on the lake, they have like a little amphitheater, and they do. They bring in different celebrities and stuff. Um, but she was the one doing it that year, and she has possibly, like I said, the most incredible speaking voice i've ever heard in my entire life better than mine yeah i'm so sorry my mommy, my mommy says that i have a great podcast voice <laughs> i'm so glad for you um i i don't have a great podcast voice and i'm sorry if anybody has to listen to me um but yeah so so those two the, the, that's that's kind of i always forget just how even though he was very popular and like cult classic movies i forget that like jeff goldblum wasn't everywhere all of the time he wasn't always a meme no he was like a legitimate actor yeah like i mean of course you know you had the fly and everything and then you have jurassic park but like i forget that he wasn't i feel like he was far more recognizable now than he ever was well much for the same reason that nick cage is exactly um (laughs) sorry nicky boy well no now he's now he's Famous for being famous almost at this point, yeah. not for the stuff he does, which is the same thing almost to Jeff Goldblum, but in a much better way. I don't know. I like him better. <laughs> <laughs> I can stand his voice a little bit better. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's those are kind of all the ad- adaptations and everything. Um, it, it really has had a long, long history, you know, creeping up on 30 years now. <laughs> don't. Don't do that. You're the one that refers to yourself as a 30-year-old. I don't want to hear it. I have to round up now because otherwise I won't be ready when the day comes. I don't... I, I always <laughs> have to do the math on how old I am. I don't really care at this point. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's... Uh, that's, that's everything. That's goosebumps. You've, you, uh, so a couple quick plugs here. Go to YouTube, search uh, You Give Me Goosebumps. It's a great little song. And then uh, Studio C's and Withers Gets Goosebumps. Um, both use the titles of the books in a really fantastic um, and inventive way. Very funny, uh, very full of love and heart. More more of that um, 90s kids have an undying nostalgia for these books, even if they didn't really read them. Kind of comes across in those two videos, so check them out. Um, but yeah, Goosebumps. Goosebumps. And um, so yeah, I, I will also put in the description for this episode, um, there is a wonderful, and it's kind of dated now at this point, but a wonderful documentary with um, R.L. Stein talking about um, 
talking about the series itself and kind of his motivations for the series. And that's where I got a lot of the information from today. So I will be putting that in the description box just in case you'd like to watch it. It's only about 40 minutes long and it's free on YouTube. And it sounds like we'll have to do some more kids horror lit episodes yeah. moving forward. Because there's a lot more of it than I remembered that I just really loved. Well, I know we have, um, and it's not exactly kids, but it's definitely YA. Um, we do have Eat Your Heart Out coming up at some point here. It's on the list, um, which is basically like a YA zombie novel. Um, and because it's, 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 it's I th I'm really excited about it. So I know we definitely have some some YA horror. I think we can go even younger than that, though. I yeah. think that there's a lot of stuff to touch on. And that some of our listeners may have kids who are coming of yep. and, and maybe we can age. even pull like, our favorite sort of spooky or Halloween-themed books from book series that aren't specifically horror. Oh, and I want to also now do scary stories to tell in the dark because we have to talk about the illustration controversy and oh, and parents being too protective so there's a lot to unpack there it, however it was terrifying however it was not that big of a deal no it was just with people can cope yeah. <laughs> long story short uh but that's, that's, that's that was it. kind of the whole of the episode is that people can cope and here is how we coped we've we've <laughs> coped this week with iced coffee and goosebumps yes yes we have coped this week with iced coffee and goosebumps um well, that's it for us today. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you can visit us over on Instagram and TikTok at DenseMacabrePod. Um, and you also can get us an email at, at DenseMacabrePod at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, we're the podcast where we discuss creepy lit and creepy shit. Uh, dad, that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, keep spreading the word. Yeah, and as always, reading's a scream. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>